Let us all worship the Lord together as we sing paraphrase 37, while humble shepherds watch their flocks in Bethlehem's plains by night. read some verses from Psalm 50, which is our psalm for today. Let us hear God's Word before we pray. The mighty God, even the Lord, hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice, and the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Selah. Verse 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Verse 23, Whoso offereth praise, 
glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. May the Lord be pleased to bless his word to every heart. Some of you may be aware that our sister Margaret Carey is in hospital, so please remember her especially today, and James Wallace likewise, and we're, we've been praying now for some time for Derek McLaughlin, and our thoughts are with the Gurney family in the midst of their need and sorrow today. So let's seek the Lord, let's seek him earnestly, call upon his name. Lord, we know that your word exhorts us to be still and to know that thou art God. And the exhortation was given in the light of great commotions in the earth, like that of an earthquake, the heavens being shaken, the earth being shaken, mountains being carried into the midst of the sea, and great swelling. And Lord, we know that that's a picture of, of disturbance. And so often in the, the metaphorical sense, such comes into our lives also. And we think of those times of, of darkness that we enter. We think of the, the troubled times when the mountains are shaken. And it's a great swelling time for us. And so often that comes with sickness. It comes with sorrow. It comes with suffering of various kinds. And it is in the midst of that that God exhorts us to be still. And so we pray that you will give us grace just to quieten our hearts down before the presence of God, even now here in this place of worship, and that we might recognize that thou art God, God that sits supreme upon his throne, God who rules not only in the heavens, but here on earth. We know that in matters of the world, you set up one kingdom, you pull down another. We know that even in the midst of war and devastation, that, that God is still on the throne and His purposes will be fulfilled. And yet, Lord, in the midst of suffering, we pray for the intervention of the Lord, and we know that we are to do that, for you have told us to call upon the Lord in the day of trouble. And we remember warring nations. We remember the land of Ukraine. We remember Israel, where there's great conflict, where there's death and destruction, and lives are being lost. Father, we pray that you will bring peace to the warring nations. We pray that you'll hasten that day when Jesus will come. We think of all the instruments of war as the Scripture reminds us, being done away with in a time of peace, in a time of great calmness and tranquility through the earth and all the nations of the world. We would even say with the beloved John, even so come, Lord Jesus, thou art the Prince of Peace, and thou hast ordained peace, and we pray that it will be so. Remember these families that are in need today, we pray for the Gurney family that you will be with them in tragedy, in difficulty, in sorrow. We pray for Natalie and her children that the Lord in a very special way will draw graciously near and be with them and go with them. We pray for the Stevenson family also, remembering Carol and Irwin again, 
and the family circle that you will be gracious to them in the midst of their need. We do rejoice as always that standing in the shadows of life we find the Savior who cares and understands. Pray for Margaret in hospital. <clears throat> we remember James and Derek likewise. You know their particular needs. Every detail is before the Lord and we just commit them into the hands of our God who loves them. We pray that you'll bless what has happened even in the past week, this special meeting on Tuesday night with the children as they had their final night break up now for the Christmas period. Thank you for the opportunity on Friday to have so many children gathered into this building from the schools round about. Bless the seed that was sown and the effort that was made for your glory. Thank you for Sunday school this morning and Bible class too. We ask you that the seed of the word is a very powerful thing. will go into the hearts of the children and the young people and do them good. And may signs follow. We're always looking for the following, the follow-up of God, what the Lord is going to do. Oh Lord, your word is never sown in vain. Your word is never preached in vain. And so we pray that you will prosper your word in the hearts of men and women, young people and children. We pray that you'll bless this service today as we gather here. Our needs are great. We come from different backgrounds, different families, and Lord, as we sit here, look upon us in your mercy and in your grace. Help us all to follow after the Lord. For those who know Christ as Savior, may we put him first. Think of the words of the Savior as we often do to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then we know that everything else will fall into place. We pray that the Lord will be number one in the lives of all of his people and that we will crown him not only as the Savior but as he ought to be King and Lord of our lives. We pray for any among us who know not the Savior that you will speak to them today and draw them with love and mercy and irresistible grace to the foot of the cross where they will meet the Savior and find him and know their sins forgiven and experience pardon and peace through the blood of the everlasting covenant. So dwell with us now and Lord do us good. Pour out your spirit upon this congregation for Jesus' sake. Amen. We sing together number 76, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled.
Amen. You may be seated. We always like to do a little, a little quiz at this time of the year, as it is Christmas time, and uh, just to give the opportunity for the children to answer a few simple questions uh, concerning the incarnation. The incarnation is the coming of the Lord Jesus into the world. So that's what we're going to do now. Um, we, if you get a question right, we have a little, little prize for you, a little chocolate bar. And just let me say, as, as I announce this, that in each of the little baskets I have here, there are two dare bars, okay? Uh, you don't know what a dare bar is unless you've been to Romania, and these are special chocolate bars. It's actually dark chocolate. Some of you mightn't like dark chocolate, but they're absolutely delicious. So there's only two in each, and uh, the rest is my favorite chocolate, Cadbury's. All right, so we need, we need someone who can look for the first hand on this side and someone to look for the first hand on that side. And then we need probably uh, two runners that can be quick on their feet. So on this side, we'll ask our clerk of session, very honest man, to look for the very first hand on your side. And, and over here, maybe Philip, Philip McCauley can look for the first hand. And for the fast runners, we're so delighted to have Kirsty. Kirsty's all the way back from Crown College for Christmas time. Kirsty, you're going to be a runner, okay? We know that you've done a lot of running uh, with Crown College running here and there and in lots of meetings. And uh, Luba, we're going to ask you to run for this side, okay? So if someone asks a question, you give a prize. So Luba and Kirsty, if you can come and receive these. Right, that shocked you, didn't it, Luba? <laughs> Just for this side, Philip will tell you who answers the question. Kirsty. All right. You ready? Those that are looking out have to be very astute. One on each side. There's the dividing line. Who was Mary's cousin. Anybody over here? Who was Mary's cousin? And the answer should be Elizabeth. All right. If you get it near, give it to them. Okay, the second question. What was her husband's name? Elizabeth's husband's name. Elizabeth and her husband. What did you call him? Just putting out nice, easy ones to begin with. Did you get one this side, Philip? Oh, they're both Philip. I mean, <laughs> I'll call you Phil. I'll call him Philip. You got one yet? You know, you bigger ones can help them a little bit if necessary. There's not so many children sitting on this side, um, except for our Ukrainians, and hopefully they're understanding most of what I'm saying. Did we get one? Oh, 
want to move on? If there's nobody wants to answer. Who was their son? Who was the son of Zacharias and Elizabeth? You got one here, Philip? Well done. Next question, where did Joseph and Mary live? Little village, where did they live? get one okay next question where did Joseph's family come from originally this is the place that they had to go back to begins with B that's right Bethlehem well done what was this city also called what was it known as? The city of very famous king. And I'm called after that king. I'm really called after my father, but... Uh, next question. What was Joseph told to call the baby that would be born. This, this is... Okay, the name, it was Jesus. And what, what does the name Jesus mean? It begins with S. What does the name Jesus mean? <coughs> it's what he came to do. The great work that he came to be the... After this, I have only two more questions. Okay. Savior, that is right. In Matthew chapter 1, we read about another special name that was given to this child. So he was to be called Jesus, but he was also to be called, there's another name. <clears throat> now, one more, one more question after this one is completed. Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? What does Emmanuel mean? That's the last question. Did you get one here? There's some there's a hand. 
bigger. God with us. God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. Well done. Thank you to our runners. We appreciate that. Kirsty and Luba. Premium sweets back. <laughs> oh, they're all gone. You want one? No? Okay. That's two for me. Folks, I want to welcome you to our service today, this worship service in the precious name of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're visiting with a few visitors, we have some people here for the very first time from Ukraine who are visiting Northern Ireland, visiting Balamuni today, and we just ask them to, if they stand up so we can welcome them. Yeah, welcome. They, they don't speak English, so um, we just want to say that we're glad to have you in Hebron this morning, and we trust that you will feel at home with us and with your own people, and that you will enjoy this time of public worship. May God bless you. We want to welcome home our sister Noring. I don't think Noring is able to be here today, but um, Noring's home from Uganda. She's home from for Christmas, and she's spending time with her mother, but uh, I know she'll be listening in this morning, so may the Lord bless you, sister, as you spend these days back at home. And we've mentioned Kirsty already, we had a big surprise when the doorbell rang yesterday, and we went to answer it, and there was standing someone we didn't expect to see, and that was Kirsty. So Kirsty, welcome back to Balamoney, and we, we know that you've had a good time in the first term, uh, seeking to prepare your heart and life for the future. Now, this afternoon, we go carol singing for these next two Sundays, and there's just one home, and that is St. James's at three o'clock. If you can be there punctually, please. Uh, the Rottens have had to cancel because of a COVID outbreak in their home, so no visit to that home today. But do come with us to St. James's if you can. Tonight is our Christmas Youth and Children's Night service at 7 o'clock. Members of the church will take part, including uh, our young people. Our young people will sing uh, from the Youth Fellowship. The children from our school will sing tonight. And our church choir, we look forward to that. Supper will be served, and we're asking the ladies to help out with that with half a loaf of sandwiches and a dozen buns. Remember the prayer meeting beforehand at 6.30. And in the morning, it's the final Hebron tots of this term, and that's at 10 o'clock. Remember the school's ministry, Tuesday sees us at the William Pinkerton Memorial School at 9 o'clock. Then on Thursday night, it's our midweek service, and uh, Kirsty's going to give a report of her first term at Crown College. So we look forward to that. She has some uh, slides to show us on PowerPoint uh, you pray for her as uh, she talks to us on Thursday night. Saturday, the carol service in Balamoney Centre is at 11 o'clock. This is usually the open air, but it will take the form of a carol service because it is the one nearest Christmas time for us. We invite you to come. Next Lord's Day, prayer meeting, 8 o'clock. Sunday school, 10.30. And the 
Bible class at a quarter to 11. Mervyn, who's away across the water today, he will be taking up the subject again, songs for the season. And these are hymns associated with the birth of Christ. And he comes to Simeon's song. The worship service, 12 noon, we will again come to the family of Jesus, part three. In the afternoon, it is planned to be in Knockin Lodge at three o'clock. And then just to give time to make sure we're down back here at the town, quarter to four at the Covenanters Flats. Christmas carol service, seven o'clock. Members of the church will be taking part. Uh, choirs will be singing. We look forward to that. And next Sunday night, our Sunday school choir will be singing and our church choir as well. Just maybe to mention the following week, you know that the following week is Christmas Eve. And so to facilitate you bringing your children out, uh, we're going to have the meeting an hour earlier. So it will be at six o'clock on Christmas Eve. Supper will be served next Sunday night and we're asking you to bring the same that we've announced for tonight. I'm going to mention again the Christmas dinner. If you haven't got your name on, please get it onto the, the sheets that are provided. We actually ran out of sheets and we had to print more. Uh, so it's been a very, very good uptake for the Christmas dinner. Well over 150 people that are coming so far. Remember the, the book that's available, these notes of Dr. Kearns, the son of the living God, which is uh, based on John's gospel messages that he preached here in Balamani many years ago. We want every family to have the missionary council prayer list for next year these will be given out to you. If they weren't given out to you coming in, they will be distributed as you leave. Also, from Let the Bible Speak, we have their magazine, Precious Promises, and this is the 50th anniversary, and it is the quarterly magazine. Please, every family again, get a copy. I want to extend our sincere sympathy again to Erwin and Carol Holmes on the death of Carol's brother, uh, James, trusting that the the wider family, the Stevenson family, will know the Lord's help and comfort in these days. Just to remind those that haven't been able to pick up the thank you cards from Deborah House, they're at the door as you leave, just in the porch actually. Envelopes for 2024 are available today in the church foyer. As you leave on the left-hand side there, you'll see them. And then I just want to mention Tuesday night, we had a, a great final youth challenge of this term as the boys and girls came in they did a little bit of coloring in texts that were given to them things that they could take home and so they just spread out wherever they could some were lying on the floor some were kneeling on the floor some were able just to sit where they were and then they got before the meeting commenced they got cookies and something to to drink so I want to thank those that have been involved in Youth Challenge for Andrew and the team. So faithful, everything that you do from the bus driving to minding the children, speaking and taking part in the meetings, it is really appreciated by uh, the congregation here. And as you see, a great crowd gathered in on Tuesday night. Another, another great sight to behold was this. So we had the carol service for the schools that were invited to come in. Many of you have probably seen the video that we were able to put together. Thank Andrew for doing the filming. And we put that together. Gives you a, a synopsis, a little flavor 
of what took place on Friday. It was a tremendous time. And just to see coaches coming and dropping the children off and one school who walked all the way from the model uh, to come to the church with many children on Friday, uh, a sight to behold, and the children coming in uh, very, very enthusiastically, I have to say. We sang a couple of choruses just at the start of the service, and as you'll see from the, the pictures here, many, many children, about 400 children that gathered in, and some of the teachers, and a few parents and grandparents, and family members as well. We had the opportunity to present the gospel uh, to the children and to all that were gathered, and it was a real joy just to do that. Some of the schools took part um, individually, uh, some didn't, but others did, and it was lovely to hear the children singing collectively and also some of the individual schools, and our friends sang in Romanian to them, and that was a little treat uh, to have, and we closed with a message for the children. We hope that the seed of the Word uh, has been sown in their heart and that glory will be brought to the Lord. The meeting was brought to a close with prayer and then uh, lunch was served. So we appreciate all that was done and all the workers that came in. Great sight just to, to see so many children and we give our thanks uh, before the Lord to all who helped with the stewarding, with the food, the catering, the driving, and anything that you did, providing food, etc. And uh, we thank you in the Savior's name. And we thank also those who helped at the Sunday school party on uh, Friday night. Can I just mention a message from one of the principals of the school that I got last night? The carol service was very successful. Thank you for the warm welcome, kindness, and generosity shown to all the pupils and staff attending. Please pass on our thanks to all those involved in organizing the event, providing the refreshments, and purchasing all the treats. And I know that that sentiment was felt by the staff of the schools, and there was a good feedback from them. We just had a few uh, photographs of the Sunday school Christmas party, which was on Friday night as the children came in, and we just had a lovely time together and that was the smaller ones as well. And they had a special visitor that came. Um, and just lovely, that's the wee girl that you were remembering in prayer who had been in hospital. And it was so nice to see her at the party with the other children, even the very young children that were there, including Heidi, must have been one of the youngest. Some people have been involved in sponsoring a child in their education in Romania. These are Roma children who don't normally get the opportunity. And so little packages have been prepared and they are being sent out to each child. Some money was also sent to Pastor Sabine who is in a different area of Romania in the city of Alesht. And he was preparing with his children here uh, packages to deliver to the poor families that they work with. So it's, it's an ongoing ministry and they really appreciate what has been done. We commend the sick to you. Please remember them before the Lord that they may know the touch of God. And as we prayed today already for countries that are at war, remember Ukraine and pray for Israel. I'm going to bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord now, and 
we sing together a hymn in Rimmer's Building Fund today as well. I'm going to sing, What Child Is This Who Led to Rest on Mary's Lap is Sleeping, Whom Angels Greet with Anthems Sweet While Shepherds Watch Are Keeping. Let's open our Bibles as we come to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. We will reserve the reading of chapter 2 until the next time, but we're going to read these verses from chapter 1 and verse 26 through verse 31. And then just those couple of verses, 46 and 47. <clears throat> and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 46 and 47. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. And with this reading before us, we're going to seek the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, just in the stillness of this gathering, we call upon your great name again as we have conducted our way through this time of public worship. We come to your word, your word that is forever settled in heaven, but your word that is very relevant for us today. And as we come to think of the family of Jesus and particularly as we think of Mary today. We pray that you will speak to our hearts and open our minds to divine truth and pour out the Spirit who is our teacher upon this congregation and fill me now with your grace and power to bring the message in the Savior's name we pray. Amen and amen. So we come to part two, Mary, the wife and the mother of this family. Last week we did a little study on Joseph, the husband and the father, and the case of Jesus, the stepfather of this family. We looked at his godliness. He was a just man. That's how the Bible defines him. That means two things. He was justified before God. He was a saved man, but also he lived as a justified man. He lived righteously and justly and holy in this world. We noticed also his tenderness because he saw in Mary who was to be his wife an appearance of evil, but he didn't do anything rash. He didn't jump to any conclusions. We considered his thoughtfulness. Joseph decided to wait and to wait patiently to see what he should do. The Bible says he thought upon these things, and no doubt he thought about them prayerfully sought the Lord about it. We noticed his faithfulness. He was a faithful man of God who lived in obedience to the divine will. We considered his pureness. Joseph married Mary. He made things right legally, but he kept himself apart from Mary physically until after the birth of Jesus. And this was to preserve the pureness of Mary until the Savior was born, who was to be born of a virgin. And then we finished with his attentiveness. Joseph honored God in his appointed ordinances. I have no doubt in mind that this family attended the place of worship locally there in their village in Nazareth. They went to the synagogue, the house of the Lord, for worship every week. 
they, they never missed their appointments with God. However, there was a yearly obligation. We told you this as we finished last Lord's Day, and that was to attend the Passover in Jerusalem. Every year, they traveled to this city at God's command. And the distance, of course, from where they lived in Nazareth to uh, Jerusalem was a great distance. The journey was undoubtedly tedious and tiresome, especially for a poor family who had nothing more than a basic means of transport. Whether they, they had the donkey or whether they walked, we're not sure. But it was a great financial sacrifice, for they would have been away for days on this journey. And that's the kind of homes that we need today. That's how we finished our message last Lord's Day. In this age of spiritual decline and departure, homes that worship God, husbands and wives and children who gather together side by side to honor the Lord. God has his public times of public worship, and we are not, and let's ever keep this in mind, for it is a divine uh, command, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner or the habit of some is. And so we think of prayer meetings, we think of the Lord's table, we think of our worship services, we think of our special seasons, and we need to learn to be together as this family was in worship, and together to serve the Lord, and to pray together, and to, to attend the house of God together, and to worship together, to sit at the Lord's table together, and to join in public seasons of prayer together, to read the Bible together, and talk about the things of God together. That's the kind of family this was. And we have the leadership of Joseph, who was the, the father and the husband of this home. But we're thinking today about Mary. She's the wife. She's the, the mother figure here in the home. <coughs> and most of what we know about Mary comes from the accounts that center around the birth of the Lord Jesus. We, we read a little bit about Mary when Jesus was 12 years of age. It's the only account in his childhood. And we read a little bit about him during the ministry of Christ, but not too much about her. And then we, we find her at the cross at the end when, when the Savior died on Calvary's cross. There was Mary uh, beneath the cross. And then nothing, absolutely nothing after Acts chapter 1. And it's always good to keep that in mind. And it was the day of Pentecost, and she was gathered with the church. And her name is just mentioned, incidentally, that she was at the prayer meeting. And after that, there's no other mention of Mary in the New Testament. By the way, Mary is the only person in the life of Jesus who journeyed with him from his birth at Bethlehem to his death at Calvary. She had a special view of Jesus that only a woman in her position could have. Many deep and wonderful things she kept in her heart, we know that. Dear Mary, that that human vessel, so blessed among women as we shall see, that chosen vessel out of all humanity, 
to bear the holy child Jesus into the world. What was she like? You ever think about that? What was Mary like, the mother of Jesus? What were her qualities? Well, there's some things I want to mention. I want to say, first of all, as we've read uh, from Luke chapter 1, that she was highly favored. Verse 28, as the angel comes, he says, Hail, thou that art highly favored. And then in verse 30, again, the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. So the angel calls her highly favored when he appears to her to announce what was going to happen in her body and declares that she had found favor with God. God chose Mary, not another, to convey his beloved son into the world. And in this, more than anything else, she is highly favored. You want to think about that? Of all the humble, godly young women who were from the pious, faithful remnant of the Jews living in the land of Israel at the time, this one singular girl was chosen or appointed to be the one to bring Jesus into the world. Now, to be favored by the Lord, surely, is a marvelous thing. Don't you agree? Only one woman, only one person could be favored in the way that our text details. Only one out of all humanity from the beginning of time to the end could be that person to bring Jesus into the world. But there are many ways in which we can find favor in the sight of God. Many ways in which it could be said of you and I, we are highly favored. Let me give you a few examples. I was thinking about this as I study this week for the message, Abraham, for example. If you turn back to Genesis chapter 18, Abraham was favored by the presence of God in a very powerful way. The Lord came, visited with him, drew near to him. Surely we can say of Abraham, he was highly favored. And in Genesis 18 and the opening verses, it says the Lord, that's Jehovah, appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, as he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. We know that these are the three men who had come from uh, Sodom. Two of them were angels, and now we have the Lord of hosts with them. And when Abraham saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord... If now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy sight. Abraham was acknowledging that this was a favor, that the Lord was visiting with him at this moment. And he says, if I have found such a favor, don't go away. I want you to stay a little bit longer. And you know, my friends, when the Lord comes and he visits us in a very personal way, Oh, we're not going to get a visible manifestation of the Lord coming in, an, in the form of an angel or in the form of a man as it was here, but we will have those times when the Lord will come graciously near. Remember, the Lord is everywhere in the, the greatness of His presence, but there, there, there are those special times when He comes near. And when He does, 
Are we not highly favored when he comes and visits this church, when he comes and visits you and I, maybe at home in the place of prayer? Of course we are. Joseph is another example. If you turn on over to Genesis 39, Joseph was favored by prosperity. The Lord prospered this man, made him successful. In Genesis 39, verse 6, we read that he left, that is, Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person. And then notice what it says here, and well favored. Why was he well favored? Because God prospered him. If you go back to verse 2, we are reminded that the Lord was with him. We've already said that you're highly favored if the Lord is with you. And because the Lord was with him, he was a prosperous man, as verse 2 goes on to say. Or if you have a marginal reading, it might say successful man. God blessed him with prosperity, with success wherever he went, whether it was here in the house of Potiphar, even later on in the jail where he ended up for a time, and then later in the whole land of Egypt. God was with him and prospered him. Why? Because the Lord was there. And you know, when we serve the Lord, love the Lord, walk with the Lord, not only do we have those special times of His presence, but He can prosper us too in what we set our hands to do. The Lord can make those things successful. David was favored with protection. I want you to turn for a moment to 2 Samuel and the chapter 15. And notice what it says in verse 25. The king said unto Zadok, carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and his habitation. You know what's happening here? It's the time of Absalom's rebellion. It's the time that Absalom and his army were seeking to kill David, and David has to flee and there's many tears as you read this passage of Scripture as David leaves the city of Jerusalem and he has to run away from his son who now desires to murder his father. But David is saying, well, if God is pleased to favor me, I'll come back to the city. I'll be protected, in other words. The Lord will keep me, and Absalom and his army will not find me. And I tell you, my friends, we are highly favored when we know the protection of God upon our lives every day, and He keeps us from so much evil in so many ways. And then, of course, a man can be favored with a partner, a wife. I'm thinking about wife doesn't begin with P, so I've used partner just to keep it that way. And in Proverbs 18, we have that well-known verse in verse 22, Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. And when you find a good wife, you're a Christian here, you find a godly wife, you find a good thing before God, and you obtain His favor. Oh, may the Lord bless us in our homes and bless us in our families and in our relationships with our wives. And then one other example I was thinking about, and it is the church. 
was favored with precious souls. You know, a marvelous day, the day of Pentecost, when, when the Spirit was poured out, many sinners were converted to the Lord, and the Lord began to, to do wondrous things among them, and those things continued. Do you know what we read in Acts chapter 2, right at the end of the chapter, verse 47? These people were praising God, and listen to it, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. God gave them favor, His favor, so that they would have favor with the people, a winsomeness about them, and they did see many brought to Christ. Oh, may the Lord do that and multiply it over and over again for us. May He favor us with precious souls. Think of all the preaching of the gospel back at the mission time. Think of all the sowing of the seed in Sunday school and the youth challenge that has now stopped for this term. Think of what happened on, on Friday when the children came and the teachers as well. May God favor us with the ministry of the Word in the hearts of people. Let's pray very especially for all the meetings that are held now in December and Sunday nights. Pray for the open air on Saturday as the Word goes forth. We want to be favored in this way, don't we? So here's a woman, she's highly favored. She experienced God's presence. It's a wonderful thing to, to read in the same verse, verse 28. Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. We have already indicated that one in one way a person can be highly favored is to have the Lord with them, the presence of Christ. And this was so with Mary, this young, godly, pure Jewish girl, the Lord was with her. It's a most precious thing to have a little line like that written across your life. The Lord is with thee. God is no respecter of persons. Mary was a poor, insignificant, unknown young woman living in a lowly, humble dwelling at Nazareth, but the Lord was with her. And I want you to see that. She wasn't a great person in this world when it came to positions and finances and business life or anything like that. She was just a poor Jewish girl, but the Lord was with her. In the modern day, carnal man seeks out the company of the great and the rich and the famous and the important people, the influential. And it's what I can get out of that friendship or out of that relationship with such and such a person. However, God dwells. It's important to mark this. God dwells, we are told, with Him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. And that was Mary. Mary had a contrite and a humble spirit. And that's what we should desire if we desire the Lord's presence, if we want the Lord to be with us, to walk in humility. One of the most precious experiences on earth for any one of us to have is the presence of the Lord. Hymn writer said, I must have the Savior with me, for I dare not walk alone. Don't do anything that would cause the Lord to withdraw His presence from you. Don't do anything that would cause him to, to hide or, or stand at a distance 
Now, the Lord will never leave his true blood-bought people, but there are times because of our sins and because of the things that we do and say, our behavior, that, that God withdraws what we call his favorable presence. Don't do anything that would cause that to happen. You walk with God in a way that pleases him and know as Mary knew the presence of God with you. Can I say that she was blessed among women? Verse 28, the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Mary was not blessed above women. She is the blessed Virgin Mary, but she is not exalted at all in Scripture to a position of veneration or worship as as Rome has made her. Note carefully what the angel says among women. The focus was not on Mary here, but it was on a son to be named Jesus, who is unmistakably identified in this passage as the Messiah, the promised one, the Christ. The expression here ties in with the other declaration stating that she was highly favored. And it, it points to the same reason. God chose her to bring Christ into the world. Indeed, Mary speaks about this herself. If you look on down to verse 48, in, in the great anthem of praise, she says, He hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed or blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. Mary is saying that God has chosen me to this high honor for this holy purpose, despite the greatness of my meanness and my poverty and my obscurity. Mary accounted herself as nothing, but God honored her and so blessed her with an honor that would endure through the centuries of time. From henceforth, says Mary, all generations shall call me blessed. And blessed she was among all others. As I thought about this, it just reminded me that God has blessed us too, hasn't he? Maybe not with such a high and a holy honor as Mary enjoyed. Only one person could have that, as I've said. But we have been blessed, so blessed, among many in this world. If God has called you, out of nature's darkness into his light and liberty. If he has set his love upon you, as he has done if you're saved, from all eternity, from before the foundations of the world, if he has chosen you in Christ to be his child, if he has redeemed you with the precious blood of Christ, called you in grace, forgiven you for all your sin and pardoned all your iniquities, if he has shut the gates of hell and opened the gates of heaven to receive you, I want to tell you, you are blessed indeed. Blessed among so many that live in this world. Oh, yea, thousands 
Millions around you are lost in sin and they're traveling downwards into the darkness of hell itself. But God has called you out from among all others to bestow upon you life and salvation, to give you peace and and forgiveness and mercy. You're truly blessed. You know, I'm blessed to be called into the ministry. Personally, I am blessed to be the pastor of this congregation. And we have to say collectively, we are blessed as a church with innumerable blessings that even other churches don't enjoy. And we don't take that for granted. And we could just single out the one that happened on Friday. What a marvelous day it was. I was truly humbled. We had prayed about this and we had planned towards it. But to see those kids walking along the road there, others coming in the buses being dropped off and this building being filled with children. We were blessed indeed, brethren and sisters, on Friday. And the Lord has done this. And Mary was blessed among women, and I think we've been blessed among others in so many, many different ways. I want to come back to this because there's so much really about Mary that could be said, and there's so much that I could say. I I could talk at least for another half an hour quickly about what I should say today, but let's leave it to next Lord's Day to the worship service again, and then on Christmas Eve we'll come back uh, to the family of Jesus and look at Christ himself. Uh, I think that's maybe the way things will work for us. So think about what has been said in verse 28 and see the parallels that you can draw to your life, how that God has highly favored you in many ways and how the Lord is with you and how the Lord has blessed you. And if you consider these things, you'll go out that door today rejoicing in the goodness of God and what he's done in your life. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the worthy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what we learn about Mary, so chosen of God to be that special vessel in his hand to bring your son into this world. And yet, Lord, we can't help but think that we are blessed indeed, and we are highly favored with so many things. May we never take the blessings of God for granted. But may we rejoice in them and in all the way that God has favored us. And Lord, may we know every day of our lives that the Lord is there. And Lord, don't let us do anything that would cause you to stand at a distance. We want to know more and more of the near sense of the presence of God here in church, at home as we draw near in prayer and Bible study. Oh, to know the Lord with us in the most powerful way. Hear and answer our prayers and bless and sanctify this day to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Our closing hymn is 78 to a little town of Bethlehem. How still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Let's stand to see.
normally make announcements that are of a secular kind from the pulpit here, but there is something that I should mention because it's been a great achievement, and that is concerning our, one of our elders, John McCauley. And I just want to, to let the congregation know, and I'm sure John will not want me to mention this, but I just want you to know that he has been identified as having the best husbandry of hen houses in Ireland and also throughout the United Kingdom. And he has come forth in the world. Huh? The Lord is with him. And the Lord has prospered him and blessed him. And we just rejoice in this with him today. Heavenly Father, dismiss us now with your blessing. Take us to our homes in safety. Keep us through the afternoon. Remember especially that family that are in great sorrow today. And we know how difficult a day this will be for them. And come, Lord, and visit with us again tonight as we have our special meeting. May God be glorified. May Christ be exalted. This is our longing of heart. For we ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.